Hello, this is Margaret Ajibada, the STEM Positive Disruptor. And on Mia's conversation, I have a special guest, Mark Rood. He's the Schools and Corporate Citizenship Manager for Siemens. And the reason why we set up this platform is we want to educate, we want to raise awareness, we want to change people's perception and demystify what STEM is, that's science, technology, engineering and mathematics. We want to get a conversation started concerning the needs for um, us to upskill our children, but also get more young people enthused about STEM, but also about how do we address the issue of the skill shortage that we are now, we talk about all the time. And so my special guest is going to talk about the future skills, about what Seaman is doing as well to better support um, our young people in moving forward so that they are prepared for when they come out of school or university to be able to enter into the workforce and be able to fill in those skills that are required for the future. So without further ado, welcome, Mark. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, no problem at all. I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful. I mean, I met you on the, uh, the Engineering Live um, uh, um, couple of, was it last week we met? I think it, uh, yeah, last week, the week before, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been yeah, a long time, yeah. So, you know, I, I, so I wanted to really get you to sort of talk about uh, what you do, but also about what Siemens is doing in relation to into getting more young people, because I know there's quite a lot of um, programs that they run as well, but also your role and how it fits in and what should we be looking for in the future? Yes, yeah, well, thank you. So, um, Siemens are uh, an international organisation, but we've been based um, here in England for uh, 175 years now, which is really, really positive. So we are really keen to look at future skills and look at basically giving access to those skills to everybody. So there's lots and lots of talk about um, shortages in skills, shortages in specific STEM skills, but actually, we, we do have the talent in this country and we've got the potential in this country. We just need to really sort of look at it in a different way, I think. And that is through regular engagements, through just trying to make it a little bit more accessible to everybody and STEM skills to be more fun and more enjoyable. I think the problem we, we have is with our education system, we go from a primary system where it's all thematic based. And then we move through to a secondary system when suddenly we put students into sets mm -hmm. and there's academic ability. And then that we teach science and we teach math and we teach history and we teach English literature. We don't teach the Egyptians and all the different skills and everything that go on with that. And I do think that makes a difference to young people. You know, if they have really positive influences in their lives, mum, dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, they're probably a lot more likely to go into STEM subjects. Uh, and a lot of the research backs that up is figures in the kind of mid 80s that if you know someone in your close or immediate family that works in STEM, then you're more likely to consider it. Well, that means we're missing out on an enormous amount of people that we just don't get to speak to them. We don't get to engage with them and to show what wonderful opportunities STEM careers but STEM sectors have. And that's not even just working within STEM. You know, every STEM company will employ marketing people, communications people, lots and lots of different jobs. And it's really, really just it's so important to, to get that message out there and to let people, young people, make their own decisions, but make an informed decision. So that's what my job is, basically. It's one of the best jobs in the world. I absolutely love it. It's great because it 
it means that I, I look after what we do from Siemens from yeah. uh, an education perspective. So all the interactions we do, the volunteering we do, but then also working within the STEM arena to try and just improve that for everybody. Mm. I think that's so important. I think I, I, I'm sure that most corporations are actually do have um, people in similar positions like just um, yes. like Siemens, and I, I think it's great work. But what is it we are missing? Because again, we you know we look at the future. I think this this mantra has been going on for so long where we say oh we don't have the right skills we don't have the people coming out of school university to fit in the gaps so we keep repeating that same message but what do we need based on your experience based on what Siemens is doing I know they're doing a lot of great work but yeah. what where we're missing what's the gap what's the problem that we're not able to fill in those gaps because there's something missing and so yes. how do we yeah yeah no I completely agree Oh, and if, if I had the, a nice short answer to that, I could retire tomorrow. But um, I think we need to do a number of different things. We need to, first of all, empower educators. We, we, we can't just expect our educators to know everything about their subjects and then everything about careers. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that we can empower them to contextualise what they're teaching. Mm -hmm. So teachers can understand what the green skills economy is, what actually digital twinning is, and how that really links into their their classroom and their lessons. And so many teachers do this, but we know they're time poor. So we need to help them and really encourage them. From a primary school level, we probably need to do quite a bit more because that's where we really want to inspire the young people. Yeah. If we don't do anything at that primary level, you know, unfortunately, by the time those students move and get older, they, they make their own decisions. I don't think they decide not to be engineers or technologists, but I think they decide what they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And from, uh, from the research I've been able to find with people like Engineering UK and B4SI, that tends to be things like maths, physics, computer science. And you think, well, that, they're the kind of core subjects we want mm -hmm. for the STEM skills. Mm -hmm. So we need to make that more fun, more exciting. Mm -hmm. And that's regardless of their home life. Mm -hmm. And then I think within secondary education, we just need to really engage with those young people more so they can see what it means it's quite hard to define what an engineer does yeah. yes i know we talk about problem solving and yeah, looking yeah. at this the, the problems of the future but what does that actually mean for a day-to-day -day job mm -hmm. and if we can maybe contextualize that a bit more get people to see other people that are doing that job to ask them honestly what does your day-to-day -day look like what do you not enjoy about your work what do you love about it? How yeah. did you get there? Yeah. That kind of stuff is really important. And yes, there's there's people out there that do that, like the STEM ambassadors. There's plenty of companies, organisations and charities that do that. But we almost all do it independently. Yeah. And I think there's a I think we could probably achieve more if we really came together and were a little bit more collaborative about it. Rather, we can't all change the world. No. If we all come together, we could probably change more of the world. Indeed, indeed. Do you know, that's such a good point. And I think it, this, we're so fragmented in so many ways. And there's so many great initiatives going on to do to address this issue. But we don't seem to be impacting in, the, in a way or more um, strong, uh, strongly in the sense that we do little catchments or little pockets of where we make that difference. But yeah. in, a, in a bigger scheme of things, we're struggling with that. So 
how do we get everyone? I know we, I know we talk about collaboration, but Gus, collaboration, we talk about it so long. We've been talking about it for ages, but yeah. how come we, we, we don't seem to be winning, uh, winning it that? Yeah, it's so true. Not, you know, how, why do we, because uh, we know what to do, but we seem to be, there seems to be a gap between what we say and what we do, how we marry that. So what do we do? How do we address that? Yeah, and I think, uh, like with everything, every, companies, charities, it, I, I, my background's working in charitable backgrounds, so I know the pressure that charities are under to try and reach those great numbers, which mean you can continue funding, and the funding only ever lasts one year. You, can really, you can't really achieve very much in a year. You're chasing yeah. numbers, mm -hmm. which means, you know, by chasing numbers, you're going to go back to the schools that you know are going to do it because you get the number. Yeah. And that's that's not to say those schools shouldn't have that opportunity, but there's so many more that should. So something we've been doing quite recently is we've we've looked at our strategy and we've looked and sorry to go all business terminology on it all now, but it is important because yeah. we need to know why we're doing it so we can manage whether it's a success because as you've just you know you've said <laughs> so uh, so absolutely spot on we've been doing this for a long time now as a stem community we should be further along we should be achieving more so we've looked at our siemens uk strategy how that feeds into what we want to do from a education strategy and that links in the, the core strategy areas that we're looking at, things like digital skills, mm -hmm. um, social mobility, green skills and green jobs. Mm -hmm. And then we've got that kind of driver of why we want to do it. So something now I'm looking at with the partners that we support, and we support a number of different charities to do their fantastic work. I'm trying to make sure they are working together. A similar kind of ethos of a company to making sure their supply chain works together because mm -hmm. actually we can achieve more that way but then from a company perspective we can also see how it goes and see where we can work in partnership there's been some fantastic um they're called workplace safaris that okay. we've been doing in greater manchester okay. and that there's been a number of different tech organizations that have come together right. and they work together to say right okay we'll invite students into our place of work but rather Siemens doing it and then GCHQ doing it and then PWC doing it. Actually, let's do it as a, as a programme together. And therefore, we'll invite the other partners in. So it's a mm. collaborative approach. Yeah. There's all sorts of other small things that, that they seem to be quite holistic and they're growing really from the ground up and the regions up mm. rather than it being a, a, a kind of almost legislation or a drive mm -hmm. top down. Yeah. And I think it has to be because yeah. you know, our regions are so different. We've got different skill sets. We've got different needs. Indeed. I'm based in Manchester and now just in Manchester, you've got areas of really, really troubled areas where, you know, people don't have opportunities. Yeah. And within a, a mile walking distance, yeah. you've got unbelievably privileged areas where they get all the opportunities. Yeah. So how can we make sure that we address that for where we are mm. to bring people together? Get together. That's so true, you know. Yeah, that's and I, I do love the, the the fact that this program is happening in, in in your area as well, like getting tech comes coming together. So thank you very much for that. So then, how do we take it the next step? Because we know you, um, at the last event that I met you, you talked about the future skills, for example, clean energy, and you know you defined it and everything else. So if you could explain again, use this platform to explain what that means and what sort of skills we're looking for. But then, how do we then? get the educators to start prepping our young people to be 
work ready for that time because technology is evolving so much. The new um, the we have the traditional um skills that we currently use, but it's also evolving to a next level. So how do we then translate that to the new to time when the young people are now ready to start working in the workforce? Yeah. And well, I think we've got to, first of all, we've got to see what young people are interested in. You know, if if we just try and drive a message down to young people that they should do this job because there are jobs in their their vicinity that exist, Mm. it's not going to happen. No one's going to, we can't force young people to do what we want them to do. do, They've got to be passionate about what they want to do. So a really good example of this is what I was talking about when we first met with the green skills. Yeah. Because green skills, green energy, the whole kind of sustainability piece is a very hot topic at the moment. And it's a hot topic for companies because the government in the UK are obviously driving sustainability net zero by 2050. We've got our own ideals and, and aims that Siemens want to be net zero by 2030. So yeah. that makes it a business worth. Yeah. But then when you actually look at the young people today, they're very passionate about the environment. Indeed, so yeah. those two things very much knit together. Indeed. So that provides us with a fantastic opportunity. One, for us to talk about what we think that will be. Mm-hmm. So something we're doing a lot of work on at the moment is the green skills versus green jobs mm-hmm. and they are very different you know there are going to be jobs where we already have jobs that are mm-hmm. green jobs Indeed. head of sustainability energy engineer yeah. uh, smart infrastructure engineering looking at sensor to, to control heating bills and light bills mm-hmm. and that's the technology behind it all and they're very mm-hmm. specific mm-hmm. but green skills mm-hmm. are actually becoming a part of everything we do in all of our jobs even if you know if you're working in marketing or communications or tendering you need to have that understanding of green skills Mm -hmm. but that's brilliant because young people already have that because they're passionate about it so part of it's a communication thing you know if they're calling it the environment we're calling it green skills there's a clash there we need to break those barriers yes but then a lot of the work we're doing now, um, we do some fantastic work with the National Literacy Trust, for example, where as opposed to just supporting them with their important work to get people in underprivileged areas who are struggling with literacy skills, mm-hmm. we're using that to actually put eco-champions in those roles. Okay. So as opposed to just being any book, we, we, we support them to read books about climate change, about energy and about science that will help the energy and renewable energies and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. that way we are supporting the, the, the literacy skill, but with a, a topic that's about yeah. green skills. Yeah. We do something yeah. combining um, another organisation where with Apps for Good, mm. they um, train teachers how to teach apps and take that back into the classroom but as opposed to it being an app about anything we've put the climate change onto that so we're challenging the students to think about the digital skills to create an app but also the green skills to go actually let's let's look at recycling let's look at saving energy and and it's that transition and once they understand the concept of it the next step to transition to an industry concept of that so you know the circular economy of instead of just invent in creating one product that's got one lifespan we can create it that can be reused or repurposed yeah that's fine because young people will understand what that means and they're passionate about it yeah indeed do you know that's such a good point 
Do you know, but I just want to go back slightly because we talk about, yes, I, I do appreciate that um, young people are very much um, passionate about the environment, um, green energy, but that those, because most times young people are not very clear what they want to do. They go by what is, what's going, what's the trend, if that makes sense. Yes. And, yeah. and so, so, you know, you also talked about um, getting them at a very young age, so primary school, because that's where, you know, they start formulating things and have ideas. And sometimes they go with what their friends are, are thinking or what they like to do. So they, they follow follow the leader or whatever you want to yeah, call yeah. it. We all do it. We all did we, it, didn't we? we? <laughs> exactly. So how do we then get them to that place? Because we talk about, yeah, we know that... Um, the environment, the green energy is a big topic. It's something that they're passionate about. They, they want to make a difference. They want to impact the world in a different way. But there are others who are not really that keen. How do we then make sure they, because it's about information, it's about help enable them to have, to make that informed decision when they have to make a decision concerning their career or where they want to go. So how do we, what? how do we capture or how do we deal with that? Because that's, Something we, we I know most people I've spoken to, or people who've come on my on my uh, platform I've spoken that is getting them to try different things, which is fine. But unless you have the resources, unless you have the teachers that are capable or they have the time to do that, you as you said, you miss out on such a big magic of talents, that potential talents that we can make use of. So, based on your experience, how do we address that? It's a really, really good question. It's a really, really good point because the, those schools that do it really well now, they are creating the next engineers and technologists of the future because they're, they're offering that opportunity to do it outside of the classroom. Yeah. And I think that is great if you've got the STEM club or something like that, but we've got to make it accessible for all. And I think that that is the big question. And I think there's kind of two two a two-formed response there. One, we've got to allow the students to play. Yeah. And if they can play and enjoy it, yeah. then, you know, they can almost, it's something I used to talk about um, years ago when I was delivering programs called STEM by Stealth. Okay. So it's not kind of telling them they're going to learn an engineering project or they're going to have an engineering game. It's a mess around with this and have fun. And after the end, after they've done it, they can say, oh, by the way, you, do you realize you've just done a STEM project? You might have thought you were talking about recycling in your school, but you've done a STEM project. So we've got a number of, um, we've invested in a number of interactive games on our, we've got an education website with Siemens in the UK, um, as well as lots of teacher resources on there. We've got lots of games so students can just play. They can look at balancing energy on an energy island, for an example, mm -hmm. and see that actually one form of energy won't give all the energy for everything. We've got to play around with doing different things. Yes, we, yeah. We've got lots and lots of interactives that you can just have a go at. And that's all the way from primary school all the way up to kind of, we, we launched one last year called our Flight Lab Challenge, which is looking at renewable energy for flights. What can yeah. we look at the future of flight? Mm -hmm. So you've got to allow the students to play. But I think then you also need to influence the influencers. Yeah. And that is from a teacher's perspective, it's not just doing theme-based um, projects mm. outside of the classroom. Mm. It's actually bringing it into the classroom. Exactly. Not just a let's do a STEM club and let's work on this project. Actually, mm. let's just, let the science group do this yeah. and bring in the history co concept of that. Yeah. Bring in the English, bring in the math and actually work together. And then those students that think it's cool will enjoy it. 
Mm. I've got the passion, we'll get better. But yeah. those that don't can either make that informed choice, they're not really interested in that, yeah. but they've made an informed choice rather yeah. than thinking, I don't want to be an engineer because I don't want to work with cars and I don't want to work with spanners. Mm. That's not what engineering is. Exactly. So mm. I think another big, big influence of that is obviously you know parents and carers yeah. because we need to empower them to support them. There's a great bit of research done through the UCL and the Science and Industry Museum group uh, talked, uh, which talks about STEM capital. Okay. And the idea is that if you think about STEM capital, it, it's like walking around with a bag. And the more you put in that bag, the more you'll really understand yeah. what you're doing. So yeah. actually visiting a science museum when you're mm -hmm. younger with your parents, as well as school, will make a big difference. difference. It will light that spark. Yeah. With some basic science experiments at home we've got some uh, a series of videos on the education website where you can just do basic science experiments with household items Indeed. they're not going to blow up the kitchen it's going to be fine <laughs> it might make a bit of a mess but that's also fine because that yeah, will make yeah. it enjoyable yeah and it's that science capital that stem capital that people need to build on so we yeah. also have some resources for parents because we mm. do believe you know if a parent is confident in STEM or works in STEM or works for a STEM company, yeah, they will be able to impart that information. If they don't, then they need educating, and that's not yeah. in a patronising way. No, no, of course not. You know, just to hopefully let them think, I could do that experiment at home. It seems that easy. Actually, nothing's going to go wrong. Okay, mm -hmm. let's do it. If that inspires their child, that's the first step. Yeah. yeah. Do you know that's hundred percent correct? Thank you very much for that. Do you think, because you know you make mention as well about um, it's about bringing STEM into the everyday um, education system. Then do you think the where the curriculum is concerned, they, the local government or the government as a whole need to, I don't know, have a policy or something that will, it, it's not forcing the educators to do something, but I think they're missing out on opportunities. They're missing that about bridging that gap that skills gap that we complain about every year yeah. so if we want to be proactive if we want to think out of the box do we think we need to start getting the government or have the government to start talking to the educators and the educators and the industry everyone working together to make a difference but also where the media is concerned because again as you say collaborations about everybody feeding in but in an effective way not in the negative, it's not about fighting, but how can we make the difference in our, our children's young life coming up? So what do you think? What's your take on that? Yeah, no, it's, it's a, again, a really good point. And I think it's, we can't force teachers. To, things need to change in the world of education and the world of industry and how we do try and bridge that gap. Yeah. The careers provision is there. Well, it's in there, it's there on paper. Um, I think what we need to do is really define given responsibilities and times and that takes funding and it takes training but we we at the moment we expect i think teachers to wear several hats yeah which is you know all of us wear several hats but we wear yeah. several hats we're comfortable in wearing yeah whereas yeah. if you are a science teacher and you've never never necessarily left the industry of education you've been through school you've gone to university you've gone back into education because that's where you work why how can you know what a green skills engineer is going to be yeah, without sure. finding it that time to research sure, it. So yeah, yeah. I think we need to understand the limitations of teachers. 
and that's again in a, in a with a utter respect of what teachers do but then empower them to bring in resources and the thing is there are loads of resources out there but i just don't think teachers have got time to exactly. find mm. and i think that's what needs to change we are we're in a reporting culture at the moment and it's a report for a report sake that reports on whether we've done the report mm. and i'm not sure whether anyone ever reads them i'm not sure where they go and i i do think you know to me an executive summary that's more than two pages long is not an executive summary it should True. be short and snappier yeah. so my appeal to everyone would be to cut out the verbose Let's get down to the actual problem and the solutions yeah. and share this best practice, share where there are resources. You know, I was talking to the IET this morning. They're doing some wonderful work on Autism Awareness Week next week. Mm. I didn't know about that. So I've just mm. panned that out to a couple of people to share to their contacts. Yeah. But if we've got teachers that want to do something about, you know, autism, then we've got some STEM-related autism mm -hmm. awareness um, materials out there. They're fantastic. Yeah. They can bring them into the classroom. Mm. But teachers need time and expertise to do that. Yeah. Um, their businesses, stakeholders, government, we all need to work together to do it. Yeah. And I also believe, and this is just me, my thoughts now, not on behalf of Siemens, but I think education needs to be outside of the political spectrum. We can't we can't make any change if in one, two, five, seven years' time. We, there's a change of government who come and put a complete change of, of uh, strategy on again, which means we're starting back. We've got mm. to have consistency. This is young people's yeah. futures. These are young yeah. people's lives we're dealing yeah. with. They, it, it should be above politics. Yeah. I, do you know what? I 100% agree with you. So, <laughs> do you know what? Well, I, I, I thought it's not Siemens, no, just, but, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's okay. But I, I'm sure that people the way you're thinking that are thinking the same same thing as well but you know we want to make that difference we are we're trying to be proactive we want to change the narrative that we hear all the time and the only way we can change that narrative is to look for positive tangible solutions that can make that difference and you know the, the, the education the education system or the, those that are powers that be within it they need to stop stop they have to think of out of the box they have to look yeah. at things in a slightly different way to the norm because it's not working and we no. should not complain that it's not working if we ourselves are not willing to change if that makes sense because we've we've had this narrative for years now you know when i when i, when I was at school when i left school they said oh we don't have the right skill we don't, don't, don't. you go to university <laughs> so what then are we missing we're missing something very great and it's a it's it's the future it's our future that we are now messing with and if we don't fix it we're going to say, have that same conversation again, which I think it needs to stop. It so, does, it does, and it, it has to change soon. Yeah. Because, you know, we are getting these deadlines, the environment we live in. Yeah. There's so many opportunities. And, you know, with the challenges we're facing, energy crisis, the, the climate change, all of them come, all of those will be solved by engineers and technologists. Exactly. These are, so we need these people coming through because that's going to ben all, benefit all of us. So let's do everything in our power to get that and not put blockers in place. And, and you know, that's also a message to teachers, I think, yeah. to, I know careers isn't obviously their fate, their main focus if they're not the careers lead, but mm. try and think of some, you know, there are 36,000 schools in the, in just in England. Yeah. If, if some of them just came together and did things, instead of them all doing a careers fair, why don't they do a careers fair 
by a local authority or a, a multi-academy trust Indeed. because then they could achieve more and have that initial spark to then carry things on then they could do into school competitions they could launch different things you know they could work together and spread the workload yeah rather than it just being this very well this is my school this is my department well, listen, my yeah support. yeah you know that is so right and so true and i think it, you know it's also taking this one step where there are other organizations that are actually carrying these initiatives they need yeah. to work together much much more effectively than having this silo programs going on you have to find a way to work together in order for us to make that difference because everyone's doing great work in their own atmosphere or sphere but really if we put it together how imagine how impactful we can be and that's something i think we need to start thinking about so thank you so much i really appreciate what you're saying this is you know golden nuggets so, <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> so for the final what would you want everyone to take away from this conversation your final thought oh now i would say that actually working together is a lot easier than trying to change the world on our own so whether you're a teacher whether you're a parent whether you are a company whether you are a, a stakeholder that runs these activities just have a think about who you could potentially work with to achieve both of your aims make the workload easier for us and let's get out there to the schools that don't usually do this and support them and the students that they have to stop fishing in the same pond for the same skill shortage. Let's think bigger and think more collective. I could have said it any better. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Mark. This is really, seriously, this is a wonderful conversation because I think, it's what everyone's thinking. And I think what you've done is just verbalize what we really need to do. And if we take that initiative and just do it, imagine the difference we'll make, especially for the future. And we won't have the same narrative of, oh, well, we don't have a skill. Oh, they don't like it. Oh, this and that. But also there'll be a better understanding of what engineers do, what technologies do, what the STEM world is all about. This is what we want to do. We want to make it more informative so that the young people coming up, or even having that diversity that we talk about. We talk about diversity a lot, but what does that really translate yeah. to in tangible ways? So, you know, well, I can talk with you all day, but it is tempting, but I'm really grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank I really you appreciate very much. it. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is uh, Margaret the STEM Positive Disruptor with my special guest, Mark Wood. Um, he's a schools and corporations citizen manager for Siemens. And you have to listen to this podcast because this there's so many golden nuggets that I think you will enjoy and, and share with your um, your peers as well and for schools and then the, educa the educators, the industry and the government start thinking out of the box so we can make that difference. And our future, gen the future generation will impact our new world that's coming up, especially where the skills gaps are concerned. So again, thank you very much. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> yes, listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you.